it's normal. We've normalized this behavior concept. And last time we were talking about this, if like you're not driving at the speed limit or five or 10 miles above it, you're not actually driving at a speed that's fast enough for other drivers to accept. These roads and the diet language of road diets, it makes you feel like you're losing something. We need elected right. officials that will challenge that to say, this isn't going to be you losing something. We're all going to gain something from a better outcome. Under uh, FHWA, if you have more than 50,000, you ha- should have your own MPO if it were not for SCAG. The so dream, the dream starts to sound impossible <laughs> well, because there's so many organizations that are layered on top of right. each other. Yeah. There's so many excuses. How did we get here? I don't want to know. Let's bring it back up real quick. We have a lot of hope out there. We have power to elect the right people. (laughs) You know, the most effective thing we can do is elect leaders who are going to take uh, environmental issues seriously. Okay. And and a bikeable city is an environmentally friendly city. A bikeable city is a green city. And people like Lorraine Lundquist and like Cindy Otteson, Nithia, Sarah Kate, getting these people elected. Look at this, we got all the mics taken up. What's what's Nick gonna be on? Nick's gonna be background right now. We're on we're on Bike Talk on the KPFK live stream, and uh, today is Friday, January third, New Year, twenty twenty. We've got uh, Sickle Valley in the house. I don't have any of their mics on because I'm a jerk. Okay, here we go. There we go. Hi, guys. Or, Hi. Hello. Oh, uh, we got Sickle Valley and Sickle Valley Jr. on. Hi, Sickle Valley Jr. That's you, Ellie. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> so, we also have in the studio, we've got uh, Cindy Ottison, who is running for Council District 14 which is Weezar's district that's downtown. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you doing? Good. We're glad to have you back. Yes, nice to be back. And then we've got Christine Louise Mills, who is supporting uh, Cindy's campaign, but also has been doing a lot of things in on her own, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. tell us a little a bit about that. Stuff. Uh, we, I'm the co-founder of an organization called LA River Communities for Environmental Equity, and we do a monthly slow ride uh, in Elysian Valley because, believe it or not, um, even on a shared path that with no cars, <laughs> it's, it can be a dangerous thing out there. So we started this as a way to slow down the weekend speeding cyclists and ah. keep the path safe for riders of all skill levels and pedestrians and kids and dogs and the ducks and everybody else on the river. That's right. Yeah, the path can get real dangerous for uh, people that are walking uh, that from speeding cyclists. That's it's like at every level. It's like, uh, what do they call that? Fractal... I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> no, <laughs> when, we, when we found... When we found there's, there's a, every level, there's like 
a vehicle that's faster that's harassing a slower vehicle all the way down right. to the pedestrian. Right. And I wish that I could harness that energy of those riders and get them to become bicycle commuters because my feeling is that they put all that speed into a weekend ride. Yeah. And it wouldn't it be amazing if they left their cars at home and, and, and did those miles like going to and from work? Well, I think a lot of people, a lot of the spandex riders, um, you know, they're, they're, they're on that path because there are no cars. You know, I don't think people feel comfortable not everybody feels comfortable on the streets yet you know so i don't know i mean like i i do both but i still see like a really big disconnect between you know people that you know race bikes and people who commute i don't know why we haven't exactly been able to bridge the two but just because um there there are two different types of ridings even for me i feel like i have a different persona because you ride differently when you're commuting then when you are in a road bike, you're yeah. riding with a group of people, you're riding outside. But when you hit the streets, it's a much different scene. Yeah, it's live traffic. It's a whole different mm-hmm. dynamic. We also have on the phone uh, right now, and we should patch him in because uh, he's got to take off at a certain point here. John Bowders, who's from the Bay Area. And John. How are you doing? Yes, how are you? I apologize, man. Um I, the only thing I've heard so far is that you were riding, there's a new bike uh, facility on the new, the, the Bay Bridge, right? Uh, tell us, tell us what's going on up there in San Francisco, in the Bay Area. Oh, we actually, uh, Caltrans opened uh, the bike lane, they closed a travel lane and opened a bike lane on the Richmond San Rafael Bridge. So now uh, you can get across the bay on the north half of the bay. Um, we don't have a full crossing at the Bay Bridge. We only have the eastern span to Yerba Buena Island to Oakland. Uh, but you can go from San Francisco to the East Bay or the East Bay to San Francisco by going all the way around the North Bay via the San Rafael Richmond Bridge. Okay, cool. And did you work on that as an activist? or? Uh, no, I didn't work on it as an activist. I sit on the Air District for the Bay Area. And uh, shortly after it opened, uh, we've had a number of discussions about um, active transportation and the prioritization of resources at the Air District, and I've been uh, outspoken on prioritizing uh, resources for creation of additional Transbay bike crossings and tried to make my point by biking to the most recent meeting about a 40-plus mile bike from the East Bay to San Francisco. Okay, and how was that ride? It was fantastic. Yeah, I'll bet. I love riding yeah. up in San Francisco. Yeah, this is Zachary Rhino. I, um, I used to live in Berkeley and work right next to the Marine Convention Center. And, uh, but obviously I drove because that was in a different millennium. Um, but I just know like the, the traffic even back then on the 101 was super backed up. And I just, uh, even now, I imagine it's just even worse. How, how well received has it been? Because I saw on the first day, it was just full of cyclists. But um, how's it doing so far? It, it's doing well. Uh, it has... It has its detractors for sure. There's a lot of folks, especially in Marin County, who um, don't want it to be a uh, cycle lane bike East Bay. The advocacy arm, if you were from Berkeley, you're familiar with them. Um, they're great, and they really were uh, one of the, the lead uh, agent or nonprofits kind of activists spearheading um, the effort to do this. And there were some efforts by some elected officials, other elected officials, to roll back the period for piloting this it's temp- it's got a temporary status and so um it, it sees different uh 
peaks and valleys in terms of ridership time. We find that during the weekdays you get you get some at uh, lunchtime and you get some in the evening, but uh, most of them are on the weekend right now. But it could partly be due to uh, this being the rainy and cold season. So we're we're waiting for um, spring and summer to arrive to see how it impacts. I, I take it across to Marin County to do my my long rides on the weekends up in Marin County. Um, and so I, I know there's a lot of other people who do that as well. Well, I, um, you know, just, I know that like maybe it would have been nice if it was like out in the spring or, or summer, but, you know, also, I guess on that side of, uh, of the Bay, they also just introduced a big commuter train that I think they just, they just had an extension down to Larkspur. And, um, it just seems like it's getting so close to forming circles in the Bay area um that i mean down here in los angeles like we're really far away from like a critical mass and having a network but um in the bay it's, area it's, it seems like as you know it's it's a great um it's something we look forward to and i'm just it seems like people do receive when infrastructure is added up there yeah bay area seems like things are popping up there whenever i go up there there's a lot of bike stuff happening so it sounds I don't know. It sounds like their, I mean, their bike coalition is like 12,000 people. So they seem to be pretty active. Yeah, and we still don't think it's good enough. And that's, that's one of the things I like about the Bay Area. Is it's, it's not good enough. But you'd be surprised at how many um, other elected officials who sit on regional boards um, use, use kind of the elitist framework of, well, I don't bike. And so therefore, this isn't an important thing. Um, mm-hmm. to, to kind of shut down, you know, efforts to broaden and expand um, an active transit network that would actually complete those circles, as you were talking about there, I mean, it's uh, just, and make it's the Bay the same, Area much more accessible to people. It's the same thing in L.A., this, the politicians. Yeah. And, and you'd think it's a, you know, it's a clear Democrat-Republican line. Like, Democrats want to solve climate change. They want to solve... Uh, fossil fuel consumption, things like that, but it's it's just people's minds go mushy when it comes to transportation. There's there isn't a clear mm-hmm. line. So we're down here battling a city council uh, that is almost completely Democrat, and we're battling almost every one of them I- except I have to say guys like Jose Wizar and uh, you know Mike Bonin. Those guys do. A lot for for cycling for the cycling cause and Bill Rosendahl before Mike Bonin, um, but Huizar is termed out, right? Or yep. he's or is he FBI'd out? I don't know. He's currently <laughs> being investigated by the FBI. Yeah, so but he's still <laughs> serving on the council, and okay. he is terming out though. Terming out, okay. Yes. So so he's so full. He's served his full term, actually fourteen years. So two more years because he had an extension. Oh, that's right. They had that little thing. Where they gave themselves. Um, so yeah, so Cindy, you're you know you're going to be going against uh, a couple of opponents. One was a formidable. I've, I already forget his name. We don't want to mention his name, I guess. But um, on the city council up here, John, up there, do you feel like what 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 city are you from? Uh, John, um, I'm on the city council in the city of Emeryville. So Emeryville, we're at the. Okay foot of the eastern span of the Bay Bridge were the meat in the sandwich between Berkeley and Oakland. Okay, okay, cool. So, I mean, that sounds like a small, that's probably what, like 500,000 million people for Emeryville? 
Emeryville, twelve thousand yeah. people, one square right. mile. We're the, oh. we're the we're the biggest little city you never knew existed. Okay, but we're actually we're pretty we're pretty pronounced My on knowledge of the Bay Area, so. all the all the stuff we have here. Okay, so you can get some things done in Emeryville. Is there? Oh yeah. Okay, I mean we we just eliminated cars along our when largest you... our, our largest transit corridor to put in a two way cycle track. Awesome. When that we... seems like a more digestible amount of people to represent than in Los Angeles, <laughs> where we're looking at 250,000 per each council member. Wouldn't it be amazing if, if we just broke Los Angeles up into a bunch of little cities? It would. You yeah. would be able to do a better job in, in every neighborhood in the city. Yeah, you would. Yeah. You really Imagine would. Imagine that. Imagine yeah. that. So. Okay, well, John, thanks for the report. I guess you're going to be on next week, right? And we're going to get a more detailed rundown we'll have a we'll have a longer conversation about other stuff but i do have to go this week but just wanted to uh stop in and say hi and put a plug in for next week and wish you all well this evening yeah we really appreciate that john thanks uh, reporting right, from the bay area bike talk expands sometimes okay take care john cheers all right someone someone is breathing into the microphone someone wants to get on the air I think it's Sickle Valley Jr. Sickle Valley, we're going to do a quick report here. What's what's it like? Uh, how are the streets of uh, North Hollywood treating you? Have you been? Is she, is she uh, on a bicycle yet, or what? Um, we're getting really close. Now you guys, you guys are two blocks from your school. Two blocks, so like it would take us longer to put a hel- it would take us longer to put a helmet on than to actually to walk. To walk. Yeah. Okay. Um, but, <laughs> but, uh, but so far we're getting close. We've taken the training wheels off and Ellie, how's that going so far? It's really <laughs> good. I'm almost doing it. All right. Mm-hmm. What's, what's the toughest part so far? Balancing a little bit and trying to stop. Mm. Ah, trying to stop. Is it a coaster break? You got to push back on the pedal? Yeah. But every time I say, I want to stop. And that makes the bicycle stop when you, when you yell out, I want to stop. No, instead oh. the bike falls to the ground, goes down the path, and then I just fall off, and then jump off before I, before I squash my toe. Okay. All right, well, we got the report on the ground okay. from Sickle Valley Jr., um, next next couple of months, wh- are we going to start putting a GoPro on the on the bike and follow it around the neighborhood? Yeah, I've got a whole training regimen set up for her. Once she does it, we're just going to go on the pro cycle circuit. <laughs> She's going to move to Europe. We're going to change her diet. Uh, less time with friends. It's going to be very strict. Are you okay with that, Ellie? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yes. I, All right. I, I have to commit. Okay. All right. High well, five. thank you, Ellie. Thanks for the report. Bye. Bye. Time for sushi. Can you believe that? I, I didn't even have sushi till I was like an adult. I wasn't exposed <laughs> to it. It's so sad. I love sushi. I think three is the the going age in Los Angeles to try sushi. <laughs> really? My, my, my son kids loves are sushi. We call the gold line again. the sushi train. Wow. It's, yeah, it's not the gold line. It's the sushi train because it takes you to Tokyo. Train. Oh, my God. That's an expensive thing to teach your kids. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they can only get cucumber rolls. That's the budget we're on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs>
So she's going to go enjoy sushi for dinner, and then Mama Sickle Valley is coming too. Yeah, she's already here. Oh, but, okay. Um, I think for political reasons, we won't put you and her on together. <laughs> <laughs> we had a long discussion about um, foreign policy, really, yes. but we won't get into that here. Oh, really? Okay. But it was a, it was a, it was an amicable discussion. It was quite a. It was very discussion. productive, and yeah. I think that nice okay. little segue here is that, like, I, I think that it's very important to, you know. Think about the communication channels of how we talk to our constituents. And um, this is a really great election cycle with so many great candidates. No, we're talking March 2020. Yes, okay. for, for city council. City council. Like if we, it's going to line up with the uh, Democratic uh, mm-hmm. primary. So yeah. that's good. We're going to yeah. get a lot of people out. And if we just had like only one candidate like, like Cindy... Like that uh, would be great, but in other districts we have other really great people, and I already feel like some of the people that are in office that are running for re-election they're taking notice. Um, there is, there is a even David Ryu came up to me. I was I was supporting Lorraine Lundquist, and there was the Lorraine. We were at campaign headquarters, and the entire city council came out to endorse her, which was great you know, for the special election this summer. She missed it by 1,200 votes, which was only a few percentage points, like 5%. So she's going for it again, and I'm volunteering for her again. And uh, at that celebration, it was like David Ryu was interested in getting uh, an endorsement. You know, he's been putting out a lot of messaging on social media about things he's been doing, little stop signs put in and stuff like that. So he's, you know, he's a little bit, He's trying to get, you know, the the uh, get on the good side of bike advocates, but he's really not been good. He's been denying things like the Sixth Street Road Diet, which Sixth Street is like this winding street that goes through a residential area and apartment buildings, and there's a museum, and it's like you need connectivity across the street, and they just can't bring themselves to do it, and. It goes down to one lane anyways at uh, Fairfax, so I don't know. It's just like that th- That guy's going to have to do better. There's other candidates uh, that I'm looking at. Um, uh, Sarah Kate Levy and Nithya Rahman. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and Nithya. Yeah. yeah. They're great. They're, yeah, mm-hmm. they're both both really great candidates. And, um, yeah, I definitely, like, I just can't believe, like, you know, people that are – you know, just have a very strong background, can speak to the issues that are really important to Los Angeles right now. And also grassroots advocates, you know, which, um, you know, we always used to think like the city used to kind of like be like this, um, was that people that really cared about our city, you didn't have to have like a long standing set of connections to be in. And, um, you know, it's it's great to actually, you know, hopefully this time we'll get some people in that, you know, that do listen to, to the people because they are the people. Well, uh, the people, a lot of people want cars. A lot of people think cars first. That's the problem. I don't know where we are in terms of political weight between the groups, but you run into a lot of resistance to, you know, BRT, to road diets, taking away lanes, 
things like that. There's a lot of resistance out there. It's culturalized yeah. in Los Angeles. It didn't always used to be a car city. This right. this this city was first a rail transit, you know, before it became car transit suburbs. But uh, so, it's, so it's a matter of, of flipping the culture. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And um, I think flipping the culture. Yeah. yeah, and helping people make the connections because I, I, <clears throat> I live in Elysian Valley and you know, we have that, we have the the shared path on the LA River, which is wonderful, but getting to it is, is, there's no safe, easy way to access the path if you're coming by foot or on your bike. Uh, Riverside Drive, we have, you know, the little speed, what do you call it? Just, it just tells you how fast you're going. And I regularly see people going 54 miles an hour on Riverside Drive. And it has been, it's this, it's this endless process of just trying to make the crosswalk safer because we I've seen my neighbors who have mobility issues trying to get across Riverside to get to a bus stop and you know we lost a child last year we lost a teenager who was struck and killed in a crosswalk and everything nobody wants to see that happen but I'm also when I observe the dialogue about how we make it better I see what you're talking about as far as like how do you shift how do you let people understand like okay the solution to that is not uh, to keep the status quo for the cars to go the speed they're going. Like, we need to be yeah. willing to make, I, allow I, for bus lanes and allow for bike lanes I and safe passage. Once you really start talking one-on-one with people and really uh, pick the whole thing apart, just just talk to somebody and just be like, okay, why are you saying that, you know, cars should be the only way that everyone gets around? You really start to think about it and go through the whole uh, argument with somebody, they start, I think you can flip people's minds. It's just that there's so much messaging in our media that's mm-hmm. telling us the exact opposite. Like there's like, you know, I looked at this is like a $14 billion uh, budget for car marketing in the United States every mm-hmm. year. That's a lot of education dollars going into telling us that cars are the only way. So that's what we're up against. I think people are flipping and that's why we're seeing uh people like lorraine lundquist almost win in a republican you know district and uh you know we have a lot of hope for cd14 yeah i think we need to challenge our elected officials to actually be leading conversations like this so when we see Uh, this us versus them mentality and the reason why people feel so guarded about their cars and their space and it's normal we've normalized this behavior concept and last time we were talking about this if like you're not driving at the speed limit or five or ten miles above it you're not actually driving at a speed that's fast enough for other drivers to accept so it goes back to this broader quality of life issue and when people feel really uh, territorial about those these roads and the diet language of road diets. It makes you feel like you're losing something, and it goes back again to we need elected right. officials that will challenge that to say this isn't going to be you losing something. We're all going to gain something from a better outcome. Well, we were talking about that um, when the when the f- phrase first came out of road diet. Like road diet, that's such a weird. Okay, it's LEDOT engineer talk or something, but mm-hmm. it does have a negative connotation. Diet sucks, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and diets don't work. At at some right. point, exactly. I was 
At some point, I I came up with the phrase road buffet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Because you're getting a whole salad bar of options. Yes. A, a whole buffet of options <laughs> for but, traveling. But that bikes. right there is that yeah. LADOT, the mayor, we have, and we're going to talk about Vision Zero and kind of the failed Vision Zero, but when we talk about this, they have these big initiatives and then the implementation is left to the city council, which has run like 15 different fiefdoms. Yeah. And there isn't, there's a disconnect between these broad visions and then the implementation of that. Even within the siloed um, areas of LADOT, when you're talking about road diet, you have to think about from a, like a user experience from a mass um, audience, how is that language already going you know, to play? Well, I think, I think like those agencies um, have, you know, operated for decades without ever really having to talk to the public mm-hmm. and they're also they're they're not in the marketing game so they have really bad outreach and really poorly designed materials right. for public outreach and they really don't want the public to be involved to be honest cuz i mean the last 15 years that i've been paying attention and even longer as just a resident of Los Angeles, it's like they'll just car. They they don't want to tell you what they're doing. They'll just carve away, and then you'll discover like, oh my God, they reduced the size of the sidewalk two feet in front of my house. <laughs> this happened in front of my house growing up. Oh man, we were on a big street, and they just kept carving the street towards us until it was like a six lane boulevard. Wow, and they never came to our house and said, hey, we're gonna do this. What do you think? You know, there was car crashes in front of my house growing up they don't want to hear that so um <laughs> we we've got a full house here tonight <laughs> there's so many people here well yeah sickle um, valley is saying that he's gonna take off but i wanted him to tell us about his trip know, up to the mountains that we, i saw all over the social media I'm, Yes. You're not going to do it real quick? Real I'll quick. do – no, I mean, like, just kind of, like, as a dichotomy because, like, you know, I do enjoy cycling around the area as well. Like, you know, it's very unique in Los Angeles right now that we're getting a lot of snow. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, you could see them on the mountains. And around uh, Thanksgiving, it was down to 3,500 feet. And uh, I don't think until later in life I realized, like, what a great resource the San Gabriel Mountains were – and uh, even though I went up there a little bit, just know how deep and how a mini version of the Sierras it is. And so just we, uh, you know. Did you go up the two? Yes. Beautiful. And then Mount Lukens, which is the highest point of the city of Los Angeles at 5,000 feet. We tried going up there. It was actually snowed in because, like, you can see Lukens from most of the valley, everything else. But the back roads were because uh, the front side had melted, but the back, back way in, which – the only way in from the best way to bike in was completely covered with snow and it was really tough. But, like, it just is amazing how deep the you can go into the Angeles National Forest and uh, Mount Baldy and so many great areas. And so for me, it was just nice to kind of, like, get away from, you know, it's amazing how you've got the urban fabric here. and um, And then on the other side, you just have complete... Uh, solitude and um uh that was you know that 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 was the amazing part um when's the next gravel ride that you're gonna have in your group 
probably at the end of the month. I haven't quite. It's normally typically the last Sunday of the month. Last Sunday, okay. So details will be coming next weekish sometime. Okay. But I've got a lot of other things to, to talk about along the way. Okay. And, um, we'll have you back on. Yeah, and I have never met Marvin in person before. Oh yeah. But okay. I know so we're he bringing. Was, he was helping me out like a little bit on the Magnolia bike lane. We're going to bring him onto the the stage so shortly. You're replace me. <laughs> yeah. So we have Marvin Norman, and you're coming from what area do you call it? Just the IE or yeah, the Inland Empire. I live in San Bernardino. San Bernardino, uh, the city particularly. Yeah. Cool. And, and which is in San Bernardino County too. But yeah. Yeah. Now you're you host. A number of, uh, or you have a group on Facebook, Pragmatic Bicycle Drivers. That's correct. And you probably are uh, on on admin duty for a couple other groups, right? A couple other vehicular cycling groups, or no? Um, Is that kind no, of your domain? I, I I only do that one. Okay, so or that's and, and one I I created for San Bernardino. Um. Okay. The the Pragmatic Bicycle Drivers, everyone is a vehicular cycling. Uh, sort of focused group, I would say, or it has drawn in a lot of vehicular cyclists. It sort of explores all of the options for infrastructure in in uh, the realm of bicycles, right? Yeah, I, I originally started it because I, there are some other groups out there, um, and every time I would post about infrastructure, everyone would get all up in arms, and it would cause a big ruckus, and and so I, I wanted to just create a group where I could talk about infrastructure. and, and without, without those guys, like, editing or... Yeah, and, I mean, I understand it's their group. They don't want to talk about it, so I created yeah. my own group to talk about it. <laughs> there are groups of cyclists out there that don't believe in any infrastructure, and we do see eye-to-eye eye a lot of times. Um, when I say we, I'm talking, like, me and... Norman, <laughs> but uh, there's there's a whole lot of arguments on there, and it gets real passionate. So, did you hear the episode where we had um, John on? Um, I didn't hear it. I he posted that it was on, but yeah. I haven't listened to it yet. Okay. Okay. So, so we're we're still going to talk about Vision Zero, right? Oh. Yeah. Let's we're bringing Marvin in because he's he's really an expert on on a lot of stuff so when it comes to infrastructure and, and data and and all that kind of thing so it's good to have him jump on we're gonna we're, we've been talking about vision zero in los angeles and <laughs> the you know i guess the community is kind of calling it a failed policy like vision zero has failed us because more pedestrians and more cyclists are being killed since it's implementation or since it was introduced it really hasn't been implemented right. there's been a few miles of vision zero stuff implemented but um we're calling it a failure because there isn't enough infrastructure not that it has failed not that the infrastructure has failed but i think there's a lot of confusion out there in the general public they're like oh vision zero it failed mm -hmm. we should try something else or we shouldn't continue but it's like we haven't really done anything with Vision Zero yet, right? Or yeah, I mean, I think the idea of it was from when it was announced in 2015 to 2025 to have zero deaths related to um, pedestrian and cyclists and just in general having nobody traffic die collisions. for traffic yeah, collisions. Yeah. Zero traffic fatalities right. by 2025. That was right. what the Vision Zero 
Yes. Mansion and there's, um, there's been a statistic that came out that showed kind of just in pedestrian deaths alone, looking at in 2015, we were at 88 pedestrian deaths. And now, flash forward uh, 2019, uh, the numbers were 128. So just quickly wow. doing the math, that's a 45% increase. What, what's going on? Why is this happening? There's many reasons why it's happening. I think that uh, drivers obviously are uh, really distracted. Um, There's a lot of distractions out there, and people are just generally really busy. Now, now do we know, you know, fact check, do we know that it's distracted driving? Is that what's going on? Like, okay, first of all, they haven't implemented Vision Zero. It's just a few miles have been implemented. So we're talking about the streets as they are. I mean, they have been doing some things. They've been making continental crosswalks and hawk flashing signals and so forth here and there in the city. Mm -hmm. And yet the pedestrian fatalities are going up. Mm -hmm. What do we have the answer? Do we know why? When it's cyclists, I I often think that it's because there's more cyclists, but there's not more pedestrians. Or is there? From just from coming from the perspective of a mom and a neighbor and someone who wants their child to be able to walk to school and walk around the neighborhood without worrying that he's going to be killed by a car. Um, I was really taken aback when Christian Vega was killed uh, by the driver of a Toyota Corolla in the neighborhood last February. And that was on what street? It was on Riverside Drive at Newell. Newell. And this is where all the in the in the development of Elysian Valley this is where all the new businesses are um, and we have not seen a lot of action from our council district as far as like they are green lighting all kinds of small businesses where um, we're bringing in a lot of increased traffic but we don't have other solutions for how those people are supposed to get to the neighborhood besides driving or taking an uber or a lift which isn't much of an improvement as far as I'm concerned um, But what really struck me was the dialogue around it when we had our conversation with our LAPD. um, Mitch O'Farrell did not come to the neighborhood even though he was invited. Um, And they they had instead a gathering for the community at the Northeast LA police station, um, which we've personally, that was disappointing. And, but the the language that came out of it was very much they mentioned like what he was wearing. It, does this sound familiar? Right, like blame he the was victim. wearing black, yeah. and they said we're not saying he was on his cell phone, <laughs> but we did find his cell phone, <laughs> and like near the. I mean, everything okay. was basically around the idea that, you know, what he did wrong. He right. did something wrong, and I feel like that to me is the ultimate tragedy: is that we're looking at these at the victims of these collisions and and saying. You know, there's something that you could have done differently as a pedestrian. And where does that leave his family to be sitting with this loss? You know, that. Uh, so yeah. I think there needs to be a shift in the entire way the dialogue is shaped from LAPD, from our from our elected officials, that we immediately stop this. And that, like, Families for Safe Streets puts forward, you know, it's not the car that killed them. It was the driver of this vehicle killed this killed this young man, you okay. know, and and. So I just I was really disappointed in the language. So I thought something culturally has to shift about how we discuss it. And they could they could actually come up with policy documents that guide them moving forward when they talk about this stuff. Somebody can do that, right? It's not like the the city council can pass a ordinance that says mm-hmm. when they, they 
when they when the LAPD or the LADOT addresses this stuff, it's a collision, not an accident. It's right. not nobody's at fault until or you know so we got to find out who's at fault before we start blaming the pedestrian or something. Because right. I hear that all the time. Absolutely, I think there needs to be accountability <laughs> and ownership of the language. It's it's like Michael Moore when when Michael Moore he did this like he's our new police chief and one of the first things he did was like they did some kind of uh, they handed out fluorescent vests to pedestrians at night the cops i guess it was the cops they it was like a publicity thing like right and that was their action and way of like addressing <laughs> safe streets they're like we're this we're this can you believe be that safe. Right. it sounds like what was it toronto where they were went to a senior home and were giving them like reflective armbands <laughs> yeah. Like their dogs, like dog collars. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> right. Instead of actually changing the infrastructure, or yeah. enforcing like speed limits, for example. Yeah. Absolutely. It's it's not taming the bull in the china shop. It's like, it's like putting bubble wrap around the china. <laughs> or well, there's so many tools that the city council can do, china. you know, to <laughs> actually make a change and I think fix things. And it's first like what we were talking about, like change the way that we talk about complete streets. In the city, being aware of the fault bias um, and understanding that we need to, that driving is part of Los Angeles and we need to change the fact that we need to have reliable transit. Um, and we also need to grow, like grab that low hanging fruit. There's so many things that we can do with just no right, no right turn, right? And oh, no, no, right right on, on no right on no red. Right on which red, is, which right? is, it used to be that there that was no right on tomorrow. red. It used to be no right on red up until I think like the early seventies. Yeah, it was the early seventies. I think it was part of the the um, oil embargo. Uh, right, the, they thought it would save yeah, gas if you could drink right on red. So you're not, which yeah. is BS. The same reason for LOS too. You know, if the cars are moving, then LOS <laughs> level of service, which they don't use anymore, right? Um, I mean, yes, they do. <laughs> do they? <laughs> it's it's it's, it's not till July that it officially goes into effect ah, statewide. Okay, what is that? Um, so level, level of service. So in, uh, I think, 2013, they passed a bill that basically – so so when you do um environmental report, one of the things you analyze is traffic. And so how they traditionally have analyzed traffic is a metric called L- levels of service, which basically measures how many cars can you move through an intersection or through a segment of road at a single time. And so – the, the idea being that if it gets quote-unquote impacted, then you need to do something to quote-unquote mitigate that impact. And would generally, um, they've always decided, well, we could mitigate it by making a wider street. Obviously, many parts of L.A. now to the point where you can't feasibly make a wider street because it's already three or four or five, six or eight, ten lanes wide. But so in 2013, that bill changed it from um, directed office, the governor's office of um, policy and research to develop a new metric and to replace LOS. So they came up with vehicle miles traveled, and so that standard goes into it as the um, the the, the um, standard goes into effect in, in July statewide. I know uh, Pasadena already adopted it. I think L.A. actually already adopted it in the city as well. Have they? Um, but so vehicle miles traveled means basically throughput. Uh, honestly, when I saw it, I, 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 I'm – I'm not extremely keen on it per se because, like, for example, under VMT, actually projects like the High Desert Corridor make a lot of sense because now you're cutting down uh, traffic that has to currently um, go down to, like, say, the 138 to go or the 18 to go between Victorville and the Victorville. Oh, because you're creating yeah, a shortcut. you create a shortcut. Yeah, you, you know, create a high-capacity uh, shortcut. People, <laughs> seem, seem, people applauded the VMT, and I still couldn't 
wrap my head around why it was that good because also uh you know i mean one of the reasons that was given to me was that decreasing vehicle miles traveled means less burning of fossil fuels which isn't wrong per se but the problem is the problem with los was not that it existed the problem with los was that it was car that they only ever thought of car solutions and so, you know, if your engineer has said, hey, you know what, this intersection is projected to operate at LOSF in, in the horizon year, in the, um, then why don't we put in a bus lane, for example, and switch some of that mode shift? You could mitigate it that way. But yeah. now it's, it's still a, I mean, the, the theory is that now you can do that. Now, now they're going to do that. But, I mean, no, they're not. Yeah. <laughs> in, in, in L.A., maybe. Some parts of L.A., maybe. Mm-hmm. In, you know, Apple Valley. Barstow, they're just going to build a shorter road. <laughs> so, you know, let's bring it back to the the city council, though, and and, and they're they're basically the ones that are going to set our policy that the LADOT has to follow, right? That's how the pecking order goes. I don't know. Is that how it goes? <laughs> Yeah, that's, okay. I mean, yeah. definitely. So I, think I assume that so, there's, there's issues when it comes to even if you are able to get to a certain, you know, work with a city council member within a certain district, that still doesn't address the fact that it's a connected system throughout the entire right. city and that, you know, like I said earlier, that a lot of times it feels like these are fiefdoms that are run um, by the city council member. And so it's really important that we look at how can we work work together to make sure that you know district in our in our district it's like you have at least two districts that are connecting and sometimes more than that uh, because of the odd way that it's cut but really figuring out ways that we can grow you know grab that low-hanging fruit um no uh no right turn on red saves lives um and having unfortunately that's like a state thing right but also the rr FB, like the rectangular rapid flashing beacons, um, can be really a f- cheap and effective way to make sure that, you know, we uh, slow down traffic to save lives because that's a lot of times what we see are these, like, we've, we've widened the road so much, we've increased the speed of traffic so, uh, so much that it, it provides these, like, big, you know, islands where you are a stranded pedestrian that can't get across that, you know, street so safely. Yeah, I'm um, looking at I'm looking actually at you know Newell and Riverside on the Google mm-hmm. right now, and I see buildings there that you know maybe 30s, 40s built buildings, and this street is five lanes wide, and it's a high-speed street, and there's not a l- that's kind of an isolated little development right there. But you're saying. Um, this is now becoming like a business district. Right. Well, there's a, a lot of growth happening with the, as far as like the revitalization of the river and what <clears throat> our council district, how they define that in some ways is means like more nightlife, more, yeah. more businesses, more clubs, more restaurants. Um, and that just brings a lot of increased traffic. What's interesting, you know, we have the problem that I believe it's also like a tech, an official like reroute if there's like a closure on the five freeway, like the the highway would reroute you to Riverside Drive, which is fine. But what it is day to day are people like trying to skirt traffic and and zipping up Riverside. Um, 
But I've been trying to just think, One, of, I've been lucky to have been invited to sit on the Streets LA Advisory Council, which I'm super grateful for. It's a new process for me. I'm just, we've only had one meeting together as a group so far. But one of the things I just, I love that they've, they've brought in people from all over the city who are involved in like Los Angeles Walks. John Yee from Los Angeles Walks is part of it. Eli from Kaufman from LACBC is sitting on there and people from their different neighborhood councils. But to try to come together and have a real dialogue about what do you actually, like when you imagine what, what a working city feels like, you know, it doesn't necessarily feel like parking, but the first people are always like parking, parking, parking. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't, if you imagine what it feels like to go out in your neighborhood or to be able to go get access what you need without getting in a car, like how you would ideally want to do that. Um, you know, I just, I just keep thinking that we have this very fast street, and I should have sent you some posts. Maybe you can find some pictures on there, but our bus stops on Riverside Drive are ridiculous. Oh, yeah, I know it those. Is, it is like, it is, I mean, literally, uh, maybe maybe three feet, maybe three feet of sidewalk, and then you're up against a chain link fence mm. that mm. keeps you from the five freeway. And then you're literally, the cars are just zipping by you. There's no, I realize, like, that is part of the problem is you don't even necessarily see, it's just a person next to a bench with no shade, no Mm -hmm. indication that that's a bus stop. And I feel like there's nothing to mentally slow people down as they're driving by that says, hey, there's also people here. It's not just an ancillary of the five freeways. So I feel like as far as this low hanging fruit, I keep thinking one of the things I wanna bring to the Streets LA Advisory Council is how can we just bring some visibility to these bus stops so that at the very least, people see that someone is trying has just disembarked from a bus and they are trying to cross the street mm-hmm. without being hit by cars that often simply don't stop for you. I mean, it's like when, when I go to European cities, particularly <laughs> like northern European cities, the bus stop feels like legit. Substantial, yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. You know, and that, that does something even just even if you're in a car mm-hmm. and you see a legit bus stop, you're like, it's branding in your head. It's like this is mm-hmm. this it is real. respect. Yeah. Like you respect yeah. it. You gotta yeah. slow down our, for our, it. Our bus stops. I mean, I've sat on them my whole life, and you just feel like you know really depressed. Like you start mm-hmm. questioning your life. <laughs> well, you're it is for and the freaking bus to come. It goes back to the. I mean, it goes back to how we value pedestrians and cyclists and people who take transit yeah. in this city, and it shows where we're valuing people to the point where we're all a part of it. We're in cars, we're speeding by, and that's designed to continue that. Okay, so let's, let's talk about political process then. You know, let's say that you get in, CD14, and Cindy. Uh, Cindy, Cindy, and, you know, we get some players in. We get, like, Lorraine, we got Mike Bonin, um, who else is there? Nithia uh, or Sarah Kate, like some yeah, of the maybe or, one yeah. of them. Mm-hmm. One of them into... You know, like, you still got to sell it to the public, right? And it's like Metro and LADOT and these, do, I guess their culture is changing internally. Mm-hmm. So the last people that we need to talk to and convince are the public at large. And oh, them. Them. All us. of us. <laughs> us, yeah. Us. All of us. So... What's well, what are we gonna do? How does this go down? Like, I, like I feel like a lot of ways the safe streets movement. There's some new things coming out, like safe streets for all. Is it or streets for all? Is well, streets, streets for, all? for all. Michael. There's Schneider's like a million different safe streets. Starting and yeah, but streets the, for all has real, been really active. 
you know, uh, other groups. LACBC is a little floundering right now, but I feel like they might. They're not going to die, are they? Can I'm we? I'm sure they have a surprise or two. <laughs> Hopefully. And then Colin jumps out of a cake or something. Is there, um, what do you call it? Um, Fast LA. Fixing Angelino stuck in traffic. Oh. That group. Are fixing, they? What are they? I don't know. <laughs> are they pro car? Or pro. <laughs> no, no. One of the. Um, the, it's a, their executive director. She got appointed to um, the Transportation Commission at the same time Tamika did. Okay. Um, Is that good news? It's, Street's blog made it sound like good news. Okay. <laughs> I trust Street's blog. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. LA, we, LA Walks. LA Walks. Do, do we need to have, like, I guess there already was a big summit. There was the bike summit. <laughs> um, well, maybe we need <laughs> What happened? <laughs> Are we gonna, another it, one. Well, I yeah, think. Give me, give me some. Give me some. I think the problem happen? we're really running into is that it's, in, it's happened in L.A., it's happened m- many other places, is that they they try to do these experiments, and, and you do like a block, or maybe they do a mile. Like Venice was, what, a mile? Sure. And and what connects to it? The Great mm-hmm. Streets Project. And, yeah. and right. so, you, with you, especially for biking, what, what they found in Dutch research and has been replicated in Seville, been replicated in, in uh, Vancouver, replicated in um, um, Calgary, all over the place, is you need a network. So mm-hmm. in very few instances does building a single facility create the, the great type of change. And then secondly, you know, the, there also needs to be a, a catalyst for people. A lot of people, you know, especially you already own a car, you're, why are you going to start biking And if, you don't, if you're not already a bike enthusiast? So people need a catalyst, and that's where the um, sick lobbyists come in. They're a good catalyst to help people see the the see uh, that it's out. not that hard to go four miles on a bike yeah and and also see what's out there see what the city yeah. has been doing and uh, maybe they've only it, it's the you know 50 percent of the trips if yeah. from what i've read are local less than mm-hmm. four miles yeah Enrix did a study it's, it's it's even worse it's less than three miles mm-hmm. yeah 50 uh, no, percent of trips 51 percent in la i believe times. Less than three miles. And That's 20% are less than a mile. So That's so bikeable. So if we talk about mm-hmm. how do we get this to happen on the city council level, you create coalitions of people who understand that it is about connectivity, but it's also about investment first. So we talked a little bit last time about behavior and uh, user experience. And if we invest heavily in transit and improve user experience, then at the same time be educating people uh, about the fact that this is a lifestyle change, that this will be a benefit for people, that we are, uh, you know, uh, decreasing congestion and improving quality of life. Because, again, if we go above at, like, the overall approach um, to appeal to a person and say we're all wanting a better quality of life cleaner air more transit more options we want more options and we want walkable city um, how I'm you know guilty of this too we, we choose convenience um, often right this is this yeah. is the age that we're living in and so if it's more convenient to walk a mile down the street to where I live to go pick up the thing that I wanted to get, that I feel would take me only, you know, 10 minutes uh, to get versus, you know, me driving in a vehicle then looking for parking for 10 minutes. And those are the things that we have to address. And But we need to invest in infrastructure. And then we also need to get people who understand that just building something in a silo isn't going to work. And so when we're talking about a protected lane of uh, networks, we need to do that across uh, the entire entire district and across all the districts in Los Angeles. A, a protected lane network, yeah. The bike 
and the, the backbone bikeway network. And I would hey, say that uh, they've been talking about it since the 70s. From the past. You don't yeah. even need necessarily. You, you need the protected lanes, but you can even do it easily with. Or LA has great potential for bike boulevards too. Uh, yes, you have a lot of grid network streets, and there are these on um, neighborhood streets. And I mean, the neighbors don't want necessarily want all the way traffic down their street either. Right. There is like I used to. Uh, kind of stump for the 4th Street Bicycle Boulevard idea back in the day. And there was a lady from the Hancock Park Homeowners Association that I got on the phone who uh, was against 4th Street Bicycle Boulevard. But then she wanted Rosewood. uh, She wanted something like a stop sign or something up there. And I was just like, hey, that's a great idea, a stop sign up there. And she was like, yeah, that, you know, that's all we want to stop saying. It's like, you know, that's actually all we want for the Bicycle Boulevard. You know, maybe a couple of diversion things, but that helps you guys too because you guys don't want cars coming through your neighborhood. And she was like, oh, yeah. And it's, mm-hmm. it just felt like y- if you could just have those conversations, I don't even know where we can even have those conversations other than just trying to contact all these homeowners associations. Mm-hmm. I think that's part of what um, People for Bikes is, that why they did a couple maybe a year or two ago they they had like a little survey and then they wanted people to weigh in what to call bike boulevards and so they still call them bike boulevards they also went with neighborhood greenway specifically neighborhood for, greenway specifically for that reason i like that so that people know that it's not just about because when people hear a bike boulevard they think oh wow it's going to be a freeway of bikes and never yeah. mind that bikes are going slower than the speed limit for bikes. cars that people are already exceeding but there's, nevertheless <laughs> yeah there's a lot of negative connotations with bikes you know communists hippies all the above and i literally had a guy in a giant four by four giant four by four we're out in northridge just on the sidewalk on the curb doing you know minding your own business me and a couple friends on bikes talking about something and this guy in a big honking four by four rolls by and he's like go back to china (laughs) what the (laughs) like wow Okay, <laughs> I mean that's Northridge for you. Yeah, but I mean neighborhood greenways are are. Well, that sounds that great. great, lovely. Yeah, you'd want to like yeah. buy property so on a neighborhood oh, greenway. And anyway. research has found that people actually do, and for better or worse, the property values to start going up. Well, you know the Chandler bike path when it goes through Burbank is just amazing. Mm-hmm. It's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. It's a rails to trails project. Mm-hmm. Um, there used to be a, ra- a freight rail that went through there. It was hilarious that that actually existed at one point, but now it looks so beautiful um, and so calming. I would imagine the the home values on that street are through the roof. Yeah, People for Bikes has a lot of research and statistics, and one of them is on uh, value versus uh, bike trails. And so, yeah, they have a number of studies showing that, yeah, bike trails tend to increase uh, um Home property home values. Property values. Yeah. On the other side of that, of course, though, and then you get the people who are worried about gentrification with bike lanes, and it's uh, <laughs> you and can't win. <laughs> yeah, you, you cannot you, win. You really can't because it's true. I mean, <laughs> increased property values start pushing people out. Yeah, and but I mean, what's the alternative? Don't build it anywhere. <laughs> I mean, well, I think that's I think that's generally what the. You know, the Illuminati wants, the, <laughs> the fossil fuel Illuminati <laughs> wants us to be really confused about what we want. So it depends. More yeah. It depends on your True, audience. Right? You're, right. It depends on who you're talking to, what you, you know, whether you say greenways or whether you say 
uh, I don't know what you say Bike to somebody Boulevard. who's worried about gentrification, but oh. you know, it depends who you're talking to. What you say? Well, there <coughs> I mean, there is an aspect of it that is simply population density, which isn't going to be going down anytime soon. But just the, mm. the the sheer number of vehicles that I mean, I didn't. I grew up in the Central Valley, so I'm not originally from Los Angeles. So I, my my experience was a little different. But I definitely and Cindy and I talked about this, and we created a video for her campaign based on it. Of like. I remember walking to school, and I walked to school by myself. And I, I, I can't imagine, I can't imagine letting my child do that, oh only God. because we have there are just the number of vehicles that go down. Even mm -hmm. we're on a cul-de-sac, but the number of vehicles that come quickly down our street that don't stop at stop signs, and we are also there's a lot of industry in our neighborhood. So there are those huge blue LA sanitation trucks. I don't know if you know the ones that like go to the sewer and drop a big hose and suck up a bunch right, of stuff. Right. Those mm -hmm. trucks are huge. And I can just look at that and I say, there's no way you're going to see my kid. Right. Mm -hmm. You cannot mm -hmm. see my kid from where you're sitting. And if he was on a bike, forget mm -hmm. it. Like, you know, like those young boys get hit. Uh, I think the, the statistics were just broke my heart. You know, as soon as you as soon as you like have a small person, you you feel so yeah. newly vulnerable. Like I was mm -hmm. car My husband and I were both car free um, before we got pregnant. And then it was just like, geez, how are we going to get to the hospital? You know, like. So, you know, we are now like a one-car family. And try, yeah, yeah, we're car, talking. Yeah, car-free before. Pregnant. Yeah, before yeah. kid. CFPP, car, yeah. car, car-free car before pregnant um, and then car-free before kid. But soon. we're trying Let's to work our way months. back to that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and it's one really, it's legitimately challenging. You know, I want to say that it's easy and everybody can do it. Right, but it's more than we only have one kid. just about reminding him. You know, I was... I was Sorry. wondering. Somebody can you, can I was you? trying to be. I was trying to be slick. I'm saying we should go take a break and we'll come back, okay. and we'll talk a little bit more about what you have going on. Uh, Christine is the uh, car, f car free before kid <laughs> campaigns. The yeah, and the cargo <laughs> bike. The cargo bike. <laughs> cargo launched. bike. Cargo bike life. So yes. uh, we're gonna take a break. We'll be back. And if anyone wants to call in, we got eight one eight nine eight five five nine zero three. We actually do have listeners. They should call in. Just by how we approach the ride, it's a kid-friendly, family-friendly, pedestrian-friendly bike ride that is emphasizing the fact that the LA River Greenway shared path is a shared path for pedestrians and cyclists, right. and there is—it's not wide enough in all places for everybody to be easily accommodated. Um, so we do mostly a, a gentle, slow ride along the LA River. But we are expanding in February. We're going to do our first critical cargo. Um, that I, we are co-hosting with Ron Milam, who was the first executive director of LA County Bike Coalition. Yes, Ron. Yeah, um, I know Ron. Yeah, and Ron, I hadn't seen him for years, and we our kids go to the same school, and we saw him ah. like wheeling up with his cargo bike, making yeah. it up this hill, easy breezy, two kids on the back, and um, you know, we recently last last winter, my husband got us into our first cargo bike. We got a rad power bike, mm -hmm. um, and I was super resistant. I mean, I'm not a purist, but I was resistant to the idea of like electricity and bicycles coming together. Cheating, and that it felt like right. cheating. But I gotta say, it is 
neutralizing the fact that I've got a 50-pound kid on the back. And it <laughs> makes everything – what I love about it, when I take my son out and I see other moms who are not necessarily, like, heavy-duty, you know, like, I want to work up a sweat cyclist. They just want to get to – they want to get to work without driving – and just to say, you know, it's not that hard. Like, it's easy for me to throw my kid on the back. It's easy. I go to Costco. I've gotten a bale of hay on that Get bike. out of here. I got a bale of hay on that bike. <laughs> most Christmas of, tree? Most of a bale. I Christmas tree, yes. I Christmas tree was my first trip. <laughs> but I got like three quarters of a bale of hay on that bike. But we wanted to do critical cargo because I, I feel like as some, you know, as a one prior to having a child, I was car free and my husband, we were, when we met, we were both car free. And then it was a lot of like biking around town. Mm-hmm. And then you get into this fear factor where you have a small person and you're not sure, like, how do you, how do you keep that lifestyle up and also like take care of this tiny human being in a city where they're, you know, our collision rates are ridiculous. Where they'll run you down. They will run you down. The media and the <laughs> cops will think nothing of it. They'll right. blame you. Right. Right. So we've found that in the last year that having a cargo bike has really been a thing that closes a gap. And it's like, what does it enable you to do? And it really enables us to, uh, we do have one car in our family, but it enables us to basically leave that car behind. Um, you know, and I commute to work on Cindy's campaign. I commute right by bike down the treacherous Eagle Rock Boulevard with the recycling bins in the bike lane. Um, oh you know, I just <laughs> get through get through all of those things. But uh, we want to just basically show, give people a chance to come out and try a couple different cargo bikes to talk to people who are using them every day. Oh, so you can actually get out there and get to try a cargo yeah, bike. Yeah, so just come on the ride. It's going to be February 9th, and we're going to meet in Elysian Valley at Lewis McAdams Riverfront Park, and then we're going to ride up to Griffith Park, so pack a picnic. Mm. And it's just a chance to talk to We've Between us, we have a number of the different people who are already riding with cargo bikes. We will have a range of bikes to look at and talk about user experience and then it just seems like it's one of those friendly bikes to somehow I was talking to Ron about this that like usually people drive past you on a bike and they're a little bit like yeah get out of my way and oh my god the smiles you get when you people pass you Mm -hmm. on a cargo bike no matter what you have on the back whether it's a kid or a dog or or a bale of hay people like hey they're waving at you when they go by like oftentimes so I mean I do feel like there's a there's a chance to 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 create, like, to kind of to share the positive vibes. So, so is it, it's, it's mostly going to be on the, the river bike path, or are you guys going to... We want to move, we're going to go from Elysian Valley north on the path, where then check out the new bridges that are pretty much nearly open and should I got be to open ride by one. then. I got Which to ride one it. did you go on? The, uh, the one, the, the, the one that the looks equestrian? like a goose. Yeah. Yeah, I love that yeah. Have you been on that bridge? Yeah, we went. We we snuck, we on, snuck it on, on it on yeah. New Year's Eve. <laughs> okay, so the ride's gonna go up from what's the cross street at Riverside? Is it uh, Lewis McAdams Riverfront Park? Is a former Marsh Park in Elysian Valley? Is um, that approximately around what Figueroa or Riverside? Right there? No, it it's closer south? to Fletcher. It's closer, closer to, to Fletcher. Uh, okay. Yeah, so off is of the Gilroy. The the Loch Ness monster or the snake or whatever. Yes, it's very close to the rattlesnake. Yeah. Oh, but it's not that part. It's, not, it's next door to it. So it's these like are these are little features off the path. Off of the yeah. path, yeah. Okay. There's a tiny <laughs> park that's still Marsh Park. There's a skate park next to it, and yes. then they renamed the original Marsh Park Lewis McAdams Riverfront Park, and that's where we'll be starting because oh, so they have bathrooms the, and everything else. It is where the snake is. Yeah, it's right next door to the snake. Okay. There's lots of pocket parks along the river. Yeah, there but, is. Okay. Yeah. So there, there it is. We'll go. We're there. starting. We're starting with bathrooms and drinking fountains. February 9th. Wise. Wow, <laughs> drinking fountains. There's, there's yet a whole other thing about drinking <laughs> fountains. They're disappearing. 
No. We're gonna talk about that later. And it's not like it's not like pay phones where everyone has a phone. <laughs> right. It's <laughs> crazy. So um okay, so it's at that park. One more time. Lewis McAdams. Lewis McAdams Riverfront Park. In the February ninth. February ninth. What, what time? We're gonna get growling. Oh my god, I put it on the website now. We usually start at ten, but I think we're starting later. Oh yeah. Uh, they can go to larcy.org, L A R C E E dot O R G for events. And um, <laughs> if you did want to return to a more serious topic, we'll say our first event coming up next is a, a Safe Streets Action on January oh. 18th. Oh, yeah. We yeah, should talk so about we do, that. We, we cover the, the gamut, but that's coming up next. But speaking of okay, reaching so people, mm, yeah. I, I think um, a lot of times you just want to make things seem fun, right? Sometimes. Yeah, you mm. know, marketing. You always got to think about marketing, mm. right? Getting the, Norman, getting the message out. Norman, you're not getting the same friendly... Uh, reactions from people who pass you on your cargo bike? Most of them are are, are friendly, <laughs> you know, especially once they see that there's a kid on the front. And they're you know, like, "Ooh, wow, a kid!" and wave and. Oh my God! And the, I stuff, see your videos. Yeah. Now you're um, in San Bernardino. Two. No. Oh wow, that's my age. My daughter's <laughs> age. <laughs> we're really very, talking. We're very close. I mean, when we talk about all this stuff, we're talking about their future. Mm-hmm. You know, all right. this hopes that we have they're not even if even if they decided today to build everything it would take 20 years to get to well, utopia i, I think right we're, we're, no logistically speaking no 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 there's it, jobs there. It, 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 there there are a lot of jobs in building things but sure. but i think one thing that no one ever wants to really address is the fact that we there's like oh you know how are you going to pay for that it's, it's going to cost this amount and that amount and it takes this long, but they forget that, you know, we spend a lot of money on transportation as it is already. Like, huh. California, I think, spends, like, what, something like $15 billion per year on transportation something at like least. That, yeah. it, that's just at the state level. And then, you know, counties have their own self-help taxes. Um, and they're, 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 we're really talking a lot of times just about paint. You know, when we I mean, pave a street, they can paint it differently. That's the bare bottom. I yeah. mean, and, yeah. but the other thing, too, is, you know, especially here in L.A. where there's a lot of development going on, where you're seeing them rip up these curbs and rebuild these curbs, relay the curbs when they're doing these developments. Why are why are they putting it back with with 1950 designs? You know, right. And and that's where where the city needs to needs to have stepped up and is like, hey, you know what? And it's good that you know they have a bike master plan. But are you uh, any any development, any uh, re- refurbishment or whatever needs to be combining all that together for for one. And for two, you know, you don't have to take all the money that's going. You know, it, it's not that expensive. You can start with, like, San Jose has a good example. They've put up a whole skeletal network with just those uh, bollards and um, paint. And obviously that's not anywhere near um, Copenhagen or Dutch or even at this point London what their quality is. But that that's still, um, it starts to slow things down. And I know LA has been doing some um, of those little bollards at the corners to help with the right turns and and right, slow down for crosswalks. I would love to see those in San Bernardino. Quite honestly, we don't. Really no, San, San Bernardino. What's the population there? Two twenty or so. So that's pretty small. I, I mean, compared to LA, yeah. But if you were, that's half the it's population council, of Wyoming. Council district. It's about <laughs> the it's size one, of the council one district. one LA council district. How yeah. many council members? That's are half there? the population of Wyoming. How many, how many, I know, that's, uh, that's, 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 I I think people are, especially here in California, when you have, when you have LA, you have the second largest city in this country, it it really warps the perception in, in other parts of the state that 
about the size of cities, but for example, like um, LA is, I mean, LA is what, four, four million now, 4.1? Something mm-hmm. like that. Something, yeah. something yeah. like that. And San Bernardino's 200,000, that's what, 20, 120th the size. But if San Bernardino and most of any other cities, like we got this uh, a lot, especially in, like in some of the areas where they still have horses, they, they want us to think that they're rural because they have a town of 80,000, but they have horses. But I mean, a lot of people don't realize that a lot of these cities are really big cities. 80,000, the Fred, uh, the, um, under uh, the FHWA, if you have more than 50,000, you ha- should have your own MPO. So if, if there a- was- MPO? Um, Metropolitan Planning Organization. Okay. So any city above 50,000 would have to have its own MPO if it were not for SCAG. So they were not part of SCAG. SCAG is the Southern California mm-hmm. Association of And Catholics. it's the Metropolitan Planning Organization for so, SoCal. This is, this is where it starts to sound <laughs> impossible. The, so, dream, the dream starts to sound impossible well, because there's so many acronym. freaking organizations <laughs> that are layered on top of right. each other. Yeah. There's so many excuses. How did we get here? And, and you know, and and I don't want to know. And SCAG right now is actually doing their Connect SoCal or whatever their um, – there every four years they have to do a regional plan so theirs is open right now and so they're still taking comments so if you i think the website is connectsocal.org if you could go if you go on there you can see what they're what they've aggregated and the plans for the next uh for next 20 year plan essentially and but people could go on there and comment they're still taking comments i think until the 24th of january so it's really crucial that people comment on them Um, sometimes some crazy things get said yeah yeah (laughs) I mean, that is the one entertaining thing about city council meetings. But back to how long it would take. It, it really doesn't take that long. I mean, like, for example, you could start with, uh, like I was saying, a couple of bollards. You could do, how long did it take them to do, um, um, what were it? My uh, fig? Um, yeah. Well, that My took fig? way too long. That was like seven uh-huh. or eight years. Yeah, that, that, that was way May, too long. Yeah, Street. To, to, uh, Spring Street. But yeah, that's what I was talking about, Spring and Maine. You know, it took them like a couple of weeks to do that. And to right, actually to actually build yeah. it okay and, and so you know you could do that on the major arterials and a couple uh cutoffs in in like uh, the cut through streets and direct all all the traffic there and do it combine it around some cyclavias maybe bookend them with cyclavias to, to celebrate to, them yeah to celebrate them mm-hmm. and also to them. Get, and yes to get people out there and to yeah. get people like hey you know what i I could take this route. And and and, and uh, can I just propose something? Adopt a bollard. Adopt, <laughs> adopt a bollard. Adopt a bollard. <laughs> how it was adopt a highway. Y- yeah. yeah. Where we, the, you're the one person responsible for that. That bollard. Bollard no, number you, seven. <laughs> if it got knocked down by a car, yeah. you're the yeah. one that has to put it back up. But how much is that? Those things are like, I think the Bob, skinny ones are like. Let me guess, 100 bucks. I think that's probably how much they are installed. Oh, it could be but on the prices, right? Maybe. When it comes <laughs> to I think they're like all kinds of shit. I think they're probably like thirty for the materials, but yeah. Oh really? By the time uh, you have one hundred installed. Yeah. <laughs> one hundred dollars to install that. If they and, would and let then us. they get knocked over like 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 matchsticks. I, I know. <laughs> you you that it almost like is like a like an omen. <laughs> like it's like a albat no, not an albatross. You could put it around your neck and it'd be an albatross. <laughs> But you'd see it as a pedestrian. You'd see these knockdown, yeah, bollards, and you'd be like, better oh. that than me. <laughs> well, and anything like uh, could have been could yeah. have been me. Yeah. I, I like okay, it. so we start with bollards. We're not even at the point where we have the political acceptance so right. far, right? There's vision zero. It's getting dissed because it's not working. 
Well, it's not working not because implementing it's not it done. fast enough. It so, would, wasn't it? Uh, was it a year or two ago where the city went through and raised a whole bunch of speed limits because? Uh, yeah. Because they, they said we need the speed surveys to be able to. I used um, to. I used to chase. It, the, the there was an LEDOT engineer and there was a motorcycle cop, and they would go to a neighborhood council meetings, and they would you know there would always be some street that that the LEDOT wanted to raise speed limits on, so they'd like show up and they'd they'd convince the neighborhood council to vote to raise the speed limit. And it was like some mental jujitsu because of the 85th percentile law. Well, it's not a law. Or, yeah, the policy? Yeah, it's a policy. Okay. This and, is why and, we have you on. And it's not, and it's and there are numerous knows. exceptions to it where engineers can go through and say, hey, you know what? We did an 85th percentile survey, and it says, like, the average speed is the 85th percentile speed is 42. But because there's a school here, because there's a, a crosswalk here, uh-huh. because there's parking on the street, we're going to leave it at 35 because according to the 85th percentile, it should be set at 40. Well, wait a minute. Then can a, speed, can a ticket be issued for 35 where they – didn't follow Are they the, issuing tickets as it is? Um, <laughs> every once in a while. I've definitely had cops monitor my street proudly, like park right in front of my crib. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean. The, the They'll come out if you ask them to come out and do a, do a ticketing run. LAPD has mm-hmm. done a decent amount of ticketing on Riverside Drive well, it's, it's when, in, in yeah. response to some of these pedestrian concerns. And and, and then they're, I think they, they thought, well, do you really want us to do this again? Because most of the tickets are going to neighbors. Yeah. And I'm like, we were like, well, they shouldn't be speeding either. Like, <laughs> Did they, wait, they said that to you? you they, they, they said in so many words. Well, they thought, well, maybe do you really, well, is this the approach you want to take? Because a, lot of, a lot of the people who are speeding mm-hmm. are your neighbors. And they said that when you guys contacted them. When we asked if we were going to do it again or what was happening, just because we've been trying to get one of yeah. those RBF, I, I always, I always get so, the so acronyms wrong. We want one of those little <laughs> crosswalks where you push the button and the a light signal. flashes and tells you that there's mm-hmm. a person there. I was originally okay, so hawk signal, but l- let's put that on hold for a second. Okay. I want to find out more, a little bit about more, about because the police do things, they they do things to kind of discourage you. I think sometimes I've definitely run into that because I used to. Uh, you know, through Wolfpack Hustle, I'd run into all these youngsters on bikes that had an issue, hit and run, or, you know, mostly hit and runs or some kind of collision. And I'd go with them to the police station to file a report for their collision. Because these, so a lot of these kids don't know what to do. So you just like have to be assertive and make sure that they take a report because they'll shoo you away Mm -hmm. you know and then it doesn't get in the statistics and then they don't do anything so for you you had a you had them come to ticket on riverside there's speeders and when it was particular to failing failure to yield to pedestrians in the crosswalks okay and these were signalized crosswalks or no no they're they're crosswalks on riverside drive that you need to cross four lanes of traffic adjacent to the five freeway in order to get to a bus stop right i think i know that one i i well there's a few but there's one in particular i saw one time that's like the sidewalk is like three feet yes it's right underneath the freeway the five freeway that's that there's no shade it's just a little bench it's just a little bench i saw that (laughs) I mean, we might be thinking of the same bus stop, but this is pretty typical, is you'll find a bus stop on the other side of a four-lane, and there's no other way to get to the bus stop but to cross. Right. And um, it's not signalized. 
on no, the street. No, and it's elderly and people with people with children, and and then we get the idea that like, oh, you know, is it that? Is there enough use to merit in safety improvements? Has this um, that, that this hasn't been improved? Thing. Yeah, that, did, that is really backwards. Did, and that's part of the problem why Vision Zero is quote unquote failing is because they're taking this approach of like, well, are 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 five hundred people crossing here per day? If not, well, we can't do anything. Right. Right. And right. it's like, no, there people are crossing here. Yeah, and it, and there needs to be an improvement. It's yeah. the same right. issue we have with LADOT in terms of getting surveys to get a crossing guard. It's well, it's it's based on mm. MUTCD, and MUTCD has all these um, the manual uniform traffic control devices has all these. And it has all the the, the that's a the state warrants. level thing. Um, California has their own, and there's also a federal one. Okay. And but yeah. So so, so okay. Let's, so there's not no, enough no, people no, using it. I want to go back to this Riverside safe. thing. Let's 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 zero it, in on this. Let's find some yeah. cause celebre. Is that the right word? I'll give you something <laughs> that'll really make you happy. Oh yeah. Th- well, I mean, in the in in a perverse way, in in the sense of like like the wrong thing being said. Okay. Because um, we've been asking for this, either just the little bollard that says that it's a state law that you have to yield to. We've been asking for that for like three years or yeah, something. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, you know, we couldn't get that. And then it was like, oh, the street's not wide enough. I'm like, oh, my God, this, like, this is so the wide. not wide And enough. I've seen like tiny little streets where they have that in Silver Lake. Like they have a little thing that says it's a state law. You must yield to a pedestrian in the crosswalk. Oh, one of those things, yeah. So mm-hmm. we can't get those. And then we well, we want the, the, the hawk signal. Yeah. And But, uh, but our neighbors who That's went expensive. to this meeting at the at – the police station were told that those, am I using that correctly? Is it the hawk signal is a flashing light though when you're going to cross the street? The hawk signals are the ones that are like, that look kind of like uh, real traffic signs. Well, we just want the, 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 the flashing yellow the, lights. The, the, hawk, that, that the was flashing RFP. yellows is a hawk signal, right? That it's just it's pedestrian activated. Why is it no, called a hawk? No, it, so I... Two I, different things. Yeah, you're talking about two different oh, things. Oh, we are? Okay. Mm-hmm. The, the hawk signals are the ones that are have like the real mast arms. And I think they have one in Glendale is is where I can remember one. The real mast arms and mm-hmm. they flash and then like they have this. The two that the, they have the, and then they have a signal face that has two reds on top. And then a third one on the bottom, and it flashes the two reds. So if you simply have That's, yellow flashing oh. lights that say there's a pedestrian, mm. like they did in West Hollywood, but there's the, a pedestrian the, those in are the crosswalk. That she's okay. What is that called? Um, RRFP? The RRFB, the Rectangular Rapid Flashing Beacon. Okay, right. first mm-hmm. of all, it's let's... It's so catchy, let's, why can't I remember? Let's think, <laughs> it, let's think in terms of marketing. Yeah. What can we call those instead of the RFRRB? <laughs> like... What, is there something else we can call them so we could sell it to the community? Just a safety signal. Okay. Mayday. 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 Want, like, <laughs> let's start something up for 2020. Let's get a signal safety on Riverside at that bus stop. Is that going to happen? Well, apparently, the, so here we get to the city. Ca- I mean, I know we've been a little all over the place, but these things are c- yeah, completely it's interconnected. We, it's in the budget. I've been told it's in the budget for oh, Council District 13. This year? What's well, com- coming up, <laughs> Which right? is O'Farrell. But we, yes, but we also had the left turn signal that Newell was in the budget for years and never implemented yeah. until immediately after Christian Vega was killed. Mm. So when I asked Mitch O'Farrell, what can we do to make sure that these things are actually, that they actually happen? Yeah. 
um, he gave me a list of things that I should do, like contact the Bureau of Engineering and all that. But what I want to hear is my council member to say, hey, I hear that this matters to you. And you know what? It matters to me. And I'm going to fight to make sure that this is included in the budget. Yeah. You know, and I think that that's something that we need elected leaders who are going to take this issue seriously and prioritize it. Right. Um, but we were t- we were told that those what are we going to now call them safety signals? And our renaming, our rebranding of the I yellow, know. flashing yellow lights, or the flashing, ma- yellow flashing yellow signal mayday. You know, should just which call in with their. Let me get. Yeah, we need the, some suggestions yeah, for better, in. more catchier names for these. At the community meeting with the police, we were told that they give pedestrians a false sense of safety. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, that's that's been an yes. excuse that engineers and apparently police use for for literal decades. It, cities will not stripe crosswalks for that reason too, because false sense of safety. It, it, it's not. It's not incorrect per se. The problem is that they think that well, the acceptable the acceptable option is just do nothing mm-hmm. instead of take what do whatever steps it needs to be taken to slow the cars down, reduce their volumes, whatever it takes to slow the cars right. down so right. that it becomes viable. We're just going in circles. So, so a couple <laughs> things insane. I want to circle back to are when Cindy was saying, well, so we were talking about language, and you, Don, were talking about how. The, there could be a policy marketing where they, they would just mm-hmm. use certain language and then yeah, yeah, we, you started how we started out just hoping for the language to change that um, they should every time they do a curb you know uh, they take out some curb they should m- make it up to date whatever they replace it with and I think those get back to the same concept for me which is automatic that there have to be like automatic processes in place and instead of like a place by place struggle there has to be every time a policy yeah policy, I guess standards policy. well uh, okay so I agree. We, we we started out an hour ago talking about changing the policy of language of the agencies which is one thing we need to do then we need to sell the public on it right we need to find a coalition among the public because i would think that uh i mean every, every i see so many people with their hair on fire on Facebook groups about car crashes, major car crashes happening. And I would think like there's got to be a way to reach those people that want to see traffic safety that are car culture people and get those people on board and build a coalition and finally get a policy that says they call it a collision instead of an accident and other things like crosswalks and stuff. I mean, anyways, that's um, mm-hmm. yeah. I don't want to end the show on a on a downer. Let's let's bring it back up real quick. We have a lot of hope out we there. We have power to elect the right people. <laughs> we have the power. We have to the power elect to right elect the right people. people. And if if you've ever looked at the um, the book, the Uninhabitable Earth, which is is also a downer, um, <laughs> the sort of like the overall message is, you know, the most effective thing we can do is elect leaders who are going to take uh, environmental issues seriously. Okay. And, and a bikeable city is an environmentally friendly city. A bikeable city is a green city. And people like Lorraine Lundquist, Lundquist and like, like Cindy Otteson, uh, Nithia, Sarah Kate, like getting these, they happen to all be women, but it's not only awesome. women out there doing it, getting these... People we need more elected. women on yep. the city council. Okay, you know what was great about that, though? I didn't even think about it. Mm-hmm. Didn't even care. Mm-hmm. It was mm-hmm. just like, awesome. These people sound awesome. 
And the fact that they're women, that's a bonus. We do need that because yeah, it's mostly dudes. Yeah, we only have dudes. two women on yeah. the city council. So wow. get them dudes it's off time there. time for more equity. Yeah. So, Cindy, what's your – you want to tell us here how we can – Yeah, my website is Cindy, C-Y-N-D-I, 2020.com. Cindy, 2020.com. Cindy, like Cindy Lopper. Okay. Even <laughs> if you spell it out, people will uh, still forget it. So, yes. <laughs> And uh, Christine, what oh. do you got? You're right. Give, us, uh, some, uh, give uh, us some things to check out. Give yeah, us, sure, sure. So um, come to our website uh, for LA River Communities for Environmental Equity. The website is larce, L-A-R-C-E-E dot org. Um, so we have the slow ride. We've got critical cargo launched, safe street actions. And um, we also are an advocating for... Oh, we don't have time to get into this, but it's a clean air policy around the Metrolink maintenance facilities that are grossly polluting our neighborhoods. Oh. Yeah. And along I, the L.A. River shared That's going to be the site of a big yeah. park, didn't too. They, um, didn't um, the CEO of Metrolink promise a zero-emission uh, zero Metrolink by 2028 uh, Olympics? I think I heard saw that somewhere. Really? So we might have that. All Metrolink zero-emissions? It was it was stated as something they would like to work towards. That's another group that me and Marvin are in is mm-hmm. the uh, the Metro Rail fanatics group or something. <laughs> I followed you into a bunch of groups about like steam locos and like. All kinds hey, of weird I, I shit. love steam locomotives. When forty fourteen came down um, a couple weeks, I I went out followed it all you around. Tell me about <laughs> that. So I would have loved to have gone to see that. The Union Pacific uh, big boy engine. that used to be at um, the Pomona Fairplex and. And Union Pacific came and got it in 2016 and refurbed it, and brought it out last year to their um, um, their 150th anniversary of the um, Golden Spike Award in in Utah. And yeah. So then Tri- they brought it on a trip back down here. Train nerd stuff. <laughs> That's something I would expect of that you you live out in the IE. <laughs> there's always some freight freight rail shit going yeah. on out there. Anyway, so you, Marvin, give us your. Give us some things to check out. Um, yeah, so you can check out Inland Empire Biking Alliance. That's uh, the bike advocacy organization for us out there in the Inland Empire. So iebike.org. Okay. And also on March, it looks like, uh, 21st, we're having the Estrada Rose at 7. So I heard Nick was talking about gravel rides earlier. That's our um, gravel ride fundraiser. So you could check out um, rsr2020. Estrada Rosa? Yeah. And what? Mixed surface metric century, metric half century, metric uh, and or in hundred mile. Mixed surface, okay. So we're gonna get some gravel riding, yeah. Pavement, okay. Cool. Yeah, it's about we strive for fifty fifty. So rsr twenty twenty dot eventbrite dot com and get your tickets and okay more information. Okay. Also and then we get the cargo bike. That's February 9th. Yeah. That sounds like fun. I, you said there's going to be cargo bikes for people to try? Well, I mean, meaning that there a number of people who own <laughs> cargo bikes are coming, and we will be happy to talk to you about the ones we like, and you can take it okay. for a spin while we're there. Not okay. to take home, but just, you know. Well, just get, to go on the get ride. Get a direct user experience for what it's like to ride one of these big bikes. I would think, like, They're a fun. bike shop would be interested in maybe bring some demos out or something. You mm-hmm. know, that's a great idea. I mean, we should do a little outreach if you have any suggestions. If anyone wants to it's call in or Joseph's post. It's Joseph's bike shop isn't around anymore because Buck feet. Buck So the singular word is feet. Buck is bucket. So buck feet. Okay. And so buck feet. Dutch the for bucket bike. Mm-hmm. Buck feet. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, 
Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Was there was actually a decent amount of listeners. Okay, that's Bike Talk. Take care. Come right. on, baby. Come on. I rise in the morning and greet the day. Pull out the bike and I'm on my way. The transportation shows I care. Every turn of the pedal cleans the air. Green in the green, I'm saving the planet. Just like my friends Daryl, Sean, Toby, and Janet. No greenhouse gas. A tiny carbon footprint up your ass. I'm on a motherfucking bike. Thanks for listening to this episode of Bike Talk. If you want to hear more, go to kpfk.org, navigate to programs, and choose Bike Talk. On the Bike Talk page, click on the archives link to play or download shows posted in the last four months. Go to biketalk.com and copy or click on the RSS link to subscribe. Our Twitter handle is BikeTalkPFK. On Facebook, we are Bike Talk. You can become friends and join our group. 